Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. Thank you for your, for your practice. Thank you for um, thank you for coming. Um, and for the silence uh, in here. It was a beautiful sunset, huh? I don't know if you some of us probably ran into it in some way or another. I'd like to attempt, attempt to uh, talk a little bit more about uh, the practice, what uh, we're doing here. And um, I think that the, the kind of um, frame that uh, Bonnie used uh, last evening was uh, very, very skillful. And I thought, oh, maybe I could give a second spin of the wheel Using the same uh, frame of um, of the uh, you know as I understood it, uh, Bunny very humbly, um, yeah, I, I thought it was so skillful. I thought oh, it's probably good uh, for us to you know revisit that kind of framing. Um, certainly for me, uh, in a way to. Um, you know, talk about it to uh, to explore it uh, further. That uh, framing of uh, the way I understand it was how is suffering uh, alleviated through the practice of uh, mindfulness, and and um, uh, and then there's the what we attend to, the how, and then uh, the view, and. Uh, I thought it was a lot of, uh, it was so clear, like, uh, yeah, I really benefited from the talk last night, so, uh, yeah, so I thought I could try to play with uh, this form a little bit also, so thank you for allowing this. Um, And um, so what we attend to, what we attend to uh, in this practice. So the objects of meditation uh, in the teaching, it's, uh, it's, it's very, uh, really organized, very, uh, the, the kind of prescription is, uh, is pretty clear of what we're invited to attend to. And uh, here, as we give the instructions, we've tried to um, to uh, encourage this, uh, instruct in this way. But it, I thought it might be good to actually name what are the objects of meditation in uh, in uh, in this practice. And uh, you see or know that they all have in common to be happening in present time. So that's one of the things that they have in common is that we attend. Um, to things that are happening in present times. And um, I say things, and 
language being very, in a way, uh, might point to things, but also limiting. They're actually not things. They're events. Huh? Events that uh, happen uh, in real time. Um, in Buddhist psychology, maybe we'll uh, often call this phenomena. What phenomena do we pay attention to? Um, and I liked, I, I discovered um, recently um, micro-phenomenology. Uh, it seems like it's a new discipline. And when I uh, read about it, and uh, I, I think because there'll be a course given at BCBS on micro-phenomenology, and uh, yeah, it's, it's basically what we're doing. We're, we're this phenomena happening, and we're... Be- becoming really, really micro about it, you know, uh, really, really attentive to the behavior of a phenomena while it's happening. Um, so micro-phenomenology, I'm, I'm so not an expert, I just heard it and watched one video on YouTube, <laughs> and I think there's only one video on YouTube on the subject, so <laughs> I'll say, maybe there's more of it, but... Uh, I'm using it because I think uh, there's, there's something in the wording itself that you might remember. Oh, microphenomenology. You know, it's exciting. And so it, what could it be? It might be basically to just uh, become aware of hearing while it's happening. You know, become interested in the phenomen- phenomena of hearing. So this discovering uh, the familiar again. Um, so in the practice, uh, the Buddha talks about, you know, uh, maybe I'll call it wise attention. So there's the quality of the attention, the how. We'll talk about this in a few moments. But the what we attend to becomes really important also. And so classically in this uh, practice, we're invited to become aware of, of present uh, phenomena of the body, senses, or materiality as uh, we encounter it as human beings. So hearing, seeing as it's happening, uh, um, uh, tasting. Uh, Rachel gave uh, some instructions about uh, mindful eating, you know. And so here, the whole design of the the thing, you know, the, the, the framing of all this you know, the silence, the sit-walk, the, uh, is made for us to really be able to do micro-phenomenology, to really dive into the arising of a taste and its disappearance. What is the experience of a lifting foot gliding and <laughs> landing? It becomes a... You know, like we're really going in things. Um, Or, you know, slowing down enough to actually be touched by a sunset or coldness. Or so the what we attend to, uh, one of the areas of what we attend to is this, we call it, could call it the chapter, one chapter of our, our aspect of our experience that we're invited to be really aware of is uh, experiences of the body. And the Buddha divides it into, hey, when sitting, know you're sitting. 
in the text, and I'm paraphrasing. I, f- I feel very free to do that. <laughs> you know, this, it's, the Buddha seems to say something like, uh, just enough awareness to know that sitting is happening and to maintain that awareness. So incredibly simple. So what to attend to? The posture. Not to improve it, but to uh, become aware of reality, what's happening. The body is walking. The body is uh, laying down. It's standing, you know. And as uh, Bonnie was saying yesterday, uh, I think it was you, like when uh, turning the head, you know you're turning the head. or uh, So the activities of the body. So here, these are the things we're uh, invited to become aware of. So that's the what becomes extremely important in order to develop uh, wisdom, to free the mind from its uh, misperceptions, habits, tendencies, uh, uh, etc. And for me, um, I've told this a number of times in this hall, but it keeps coming back to mind because it was so powerful for me. So... um, I can't remember how many years ago now. I, I think it's 25 years, and it's, it's amazing that I, it, it's becoming blurry. But um, when I was uh, 25 or so, uh, um, in the early 90s, I learned I was HIV positive. And at that time, it meant something very different than it means now, I believe. Uh, there was no medication that was working. And when I say this, I would imagine that some of you you know, uh, might have uh, strong memories of, uh, you know, loved ones and, uh, or, or the whole crisis of that, uh, that time. And so uh, for me as a young person, uh, learning basically that I was going to die, um, and at the moment where I learned I was HIV positive, I, I was not only HIV positive, I had AIDS in the sense that there was uh, no immune system left. And so there was kind of a need of a really strong, immediate intervention that would probably not work so well. And, um, and there was a lot of strong emotions of fear, panic, confusion, shame, um, disorientation, depression, uh, many, many things. And I was lucky enough to find my way into a meditation retreat. And the what that I'm talking about now was very surprising and extremely helpful. But when my mind was spinning about what would come, what would happen, why, it's endless. uh, And the instructions about the what were really clear. Sitting, know you're sitting. And my mind was, but you don't know, you know, you don't. Please, just be aware that you're sitting. Bring your attention to the nostril. Why would I do that, you know? (laughs) Please. This is the what we attend to here. But you don't know the rest of my life. And, and, you know, 
just bring your attention here to stabilize uh, the mind, you know. Now we're going to walk. Just know that you're walking so that very slowly, very progressively, very, very slowly, I could actually wake up to what was the production of an idea and what was actually happening. And so returning to, oh, I'm just here, stepping, stepping. Yeah, but, and of course the mind would produce a lot of imagery of what was to come, and the instructions were always about the what. Come back here. If you're sitting, eating, know you're eating. So that's what we often call the first foundation of mindfulness, experiences happening now in the realm of the senses. And uh, in that, I could find ground again. You know, wake up to hearing. Hearing is happening, you know. And get out of the speculation, which was for me very vortexy like and spinning and spinning downwards uh, very much. And I was offered a technique, if we want to call it like this, it would be fitting, I think, to actually reconnect with reality as it was, uh, the breath. And so in the instructions of the first foundation of mindfulness, first aspect of where to put attention, there is very classic, the posture, being aware of the posture while we're in it, the activities of the body. And I don't know if you, as I'm saying this, I'm like, oh my God, we're giving attention to so many other what's, what we give attention to, no? Going upstairs, do you know you're going upstairs? No, because I'm going to a meeting with Pascal or Bonnie and, you know, and am I going too early? What would I say? You know, like, you are going up the stairs, (laughs) you know? Talk about uh, seeing through confusion, you know, like becoming really sane, it's sanity, you know, becoming aware of where we actually are. Oh, I'm just here, you know. <laughs> I'm in the clo- cloak, cloak? Why is it not a cloth room? Like it's cloak, clothing room. It's a clock. Anyway, it's a clock room. Cloak, cloak room. I'll let you have it. <laughs> in the cloak room, knowing that we're here, that this is where we are right now. That's the basic kind of practice of sanity, knowing where we are when we're there. We get so confused. We'll be in the room, in the bedroom, thinking we're somewhere else, back at home with the cat, you know? And we actually don't even know that it's a production of the mind, that we're actually here now, you know? We're at the end of the meal when the meal hasn't started. We're, you know? And so a lot of the... It's very important, this what. This what will wake us up to what really is happening, We're here. We're not way down the line, if there was this or that. or You know, it's so complex what we can do. If that had happened, then probably this would, will have happened in the future. You know, but it never happened, never will. (laughs) You know, and still that's where I want to have, what I want to inhabit. Speculation, things that don't exist. You know, I adore this. I I'm fascinated by this. This is where my attention goes. And so here, partly in the practice, we say, hey, what we attend to here is body, in the posture, in the activities, in the senses. So we notice that we're hearing vent as it's happening. 
that there's an experience of coldness in the finger as it's happening. Another area, and maybe we'll talk more about this, but I'm just dropping it here. Another area or aspect of our reality, another what in the what we attend to that is powerful uh, is the, the Buddha seems to be saying to us, hey, I invite you to become really aware when there's an experience of pleasure that is happening. Like tune in. If it's pleasurable, become really aware. Maybe name it pleasurable. Oh, pleasurable, pleasurable. I don't know how different experiences of pleasure might happen here. Outside, oh, pleasurable. Become acquainted, be impressed by how humans are touched by pleasure as it's happening. Similarly with displeasure, become aware, oh, unpleasant, unpleasant. Tune in, slow down, uh, become intimate if possible. Oh, unpleasurable, displeasing, uh, you know, disagreeable, feels like this. And it might be in the body, it might be in the situation, it might be in the heart or psyche, however you want to call it. If it, something happens to be unpleasurable, this is a what. What we want to attend to is a presently arisen unpleasurable experience to become aware of how human beings are so sensitive to pleasure, displeasure, and the neutrality when it's there. Neither pleasurable nor unpleasurable. So these, in a way, are instructions right now, saying, so what do I do while I'm here? If I'm like, oh, why am I here? What do I do? Nose. Breathing. What posture is happening? Notice it. Because it will reveal a lot of other things. These are all amazing portals. And I'm so happy these teachings still exist because personally, I wouldn't know their portals. I wouldn't know that being aware of a posture is a portal to wisdom, to care, to... I wouldn't know that. I would think that thinking obsessively is the portal. <laughs> the first time I went to meditation, I thought this, there was only one portal, is to obsess about something until something is understood about it. And suddenly we're saying, no, the portal is somewhere else. Is in the physical experience as you're having it, is in the experience of pleasure, displeasure, or even more subtle, that's advanced practice, neutrality. How to meet neutrality. Tune in when it's neither pleasant nor unpleasant, because a lot of our suffering turns around that or is born from that. So it's a portal to suffering, but it can be a portal to peace also. And so we need to tune in a little bit. And I'll just name, an, that's known as the second foundation, the second kind of what do we pay attention to as we're here, you know? And I agree, <laughs> although nobody spoke, <laughs> you know? I agree with you. <laughs> I'm self-sufficient, you know. <laughs> I'm really happy we're having th this conversation right now. <laughs> My kind of conversation. <laughs> but, 
but it takes a, it's a kind of a leap of faith, you know. Like, I don't know that it's true what you're saying, Pascal. No, you're not supposed to know. Or, or you might know, you know. But if you don't, you're not supposed to know. We're coming here in this laboratory, in this research center, to check it out. You know, it's hypothesis. It's uh, suggestions. It's uh, mm-hmm. hypothesis. Working material, you know. Like, it's, hey, what if this was a portal? Let's check it out. And we're, in this way, we're going to gain independence. We're going to see for ourselves what is worthy of giving attention to. And so we're experiencing maybe giving attention to other things than what we're used to. Or maybe not, in your case, I don't know. Uh, but for me, anyway, when I started practicing, it was very unusual things to t- put attention to. You know, I could put attention to it for half a second. Yeah, I'm sitting. Good. Let's move on. No. Keep knowing you're sitting. Wow. Why? You know, try it. You might discover something that will blow your mind, you know, because a lot of things will be revealed in that, you know. Very simple. Can you just sit and know you're sitting? No, I want to go back home. Why would I do this? It would be much better to do something else. And you're not going to force me to do this. Oh, how interesting. We're just saying, could you just sit here? And loads of things are being revealed. You know, in this, can you walk back and forth? I can't walk. Others, you know, like, I don't know, like all these things that arise. Haven't you seen a few things arise? (laughs) Or, yeah, contentment, calm. Oh, so interesting. Just sitting, just walking back and forth, maybe the mind opens up to beautiful states, you know? Ah, the portal. The portal to discovering how, you know, unwisely our minds behave or how beautifully they can accompany us. <coughs> so it does take a leap of faith, but there's um Yeah, there's a we're going to be able to see for ourselves if it's worthy or not, you know. I think giving it a few days like this is, is worth it, you know. And one could ditch the whole thing after, you know. It's totally a possibility, really. Um, so attending to body in its posture, the experiences of the senses, the activities of the body, the breath, uh, 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 this this morning, uh, Bunny really went uh, in the wat with the body as she was uh, doing parts, huh? parts of body, like sitting here aware of skin through all the surface of body. And we might think, yeah, no, but I have to figure out the rest of my life. No, skin, <laughs> skin, skin, Sh- flesh, flesh. There's flesh here, flesh in all the different areas, bones, bones, bones. One thing that I really appreciate about this, uh, this kind of scanning that uh, I learned from Bunny, uh, um, he, Analayo, you know, that's beautiful. That's how porous we are, you know, how, how we travel together. It's beautiful. But uh, for me, like the portal, just to give you a, 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 like how it works for me when I sit here 
and there's just awareness of skin, flesh, and bones, suddenly things get a little less personal. Do you see what I mean? Bones. It's not so much like uh, the other vision, the other perception that I have of reality is me. I'm sitting. It's about me. It's me. It's about me. I'm sitting. I'm sitting right now. My breath. You know. And suddenly there's bones. And bones doesn't feel so, feel so personal. It's like, oh, there's bones here. There's flesh. There's um, skin. You know. Oh, it's good to have another vision of reality. I, I thought I was stuck with Pascal, with moi, for the rest of my life. You know, that's, that's a problem for me. You know, you, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so many opinions and wants, and you know, you keep taking care of this all the time, and it keeps being unsatisfied, and you know, etc. And just for a few moments, suddenly there's just skin, flesh, bones, respite. Is that the word? Like a little pause from that vision, from that cage that I feel stuck in. Just the body there, breathing. Ah, the view. The view has changed. It's liberating. Ah, it's a body sitting here. It's bones. Or, you know, as one teacher I've heard here in many times, she would just, we would be sitting in silence, you know, and almost no words the whole day, and suddenly there would be just lump of earth. <laughs> or sometimes lump of meat. Lump of earth. Ah, thank God. Pascal has disappeared. It's not in hatred, it's just in, in a different view. It's really a different view. Oh, it's true. Like, what's happening? There's earth resting on earth. Ah, many problems are solved <laughs> for a few moments, you know. And so, everything that turns around the body, the pleasure, displeasure, really tuning in when it's happening. Oh, I have the chance of experiencing something pleasurable, unpleasurable. Let me see how this is held, how this is encountered. And then another what that we're invited to pay attention to is um, uh, another object of meditation, another thing that is happening in real time, and uh, is uh, the moods, emotions, states of mind. I'll put this in the same kind of category here. And so as we're going about the day, going up the stairs, down the stairs, in line for food, laying on the bed, in the shower, you know, walking back and forth, inside or outside, you know, uh, stepping, stopping, turning, whatever we do, once in a while checking, how is the mind of the meditator, how is the heart, how is the attitude, however it's perceived for you, you know, what's the inner landscape, what's the tonality, what's the ambiance in there, you know, so the Buddha put a big emphasis on this, the instructions, extremely simple, I'll put them in my words. I bet he would agree. (laughs) When the heart is heavy, know the heart is heavy. It's really like the body. When sitting, know you're sitting. When the mind is concentrated, know it's concentrated. When it's scattered, know it's scattered. So incredibly simple. 
What's the object? Mind state, moods, emotion. Oh, worked up, activated, triggered. <gasps> triggered, whoa, triggered. Um, um, non-struggling. Oh, non-struggling. It could easily be missed, huh? non-struggling. For, you know, and it happened during the whole day many times. Otherwise, we would not have survived up to now. You know? Ah, oh, non-struggling. Oh, non-reactive, non, uh, not making a problem. The mind is not just available, simple. Or as Rachel was naming yesterday, goodwill. Oh, goodwill is here. Noticing the different textures of the mind or heart. You know, sometimes spacious, sometimes tight or contracted, sometimes expensive, sometimes contracted. So that is another what. What do we attend to that uh, will be liberating? It's kind of a, could present it, I think, as an investment. What do you want to invest in? Mind state while they're happening, becoming aware of them as they're happening. Um, so this is the, 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 the what. And we could go a little further with this, but I'm naming now three foundations of mindfulness, three of the what, specifically uh, bodily experience, pleasure, displeasure, or the absence of it, mind states. You don't have to know all of this, but as we go through the day, some come to the forefront, front, no? Suddenly it's like, oh, a taste, pleasurable taste, appearing, disappearing. Suddenly, wanting more, whatever, shortbread, almond cookies, <laughs> you know? Oh, wanting, wanting something that is not here. Not that it shouldn't happen. No, come, do, be here, do your thing. Want something else. I actually want to know what wanting is, you know? Um, strong reaction. How dare you sneeze? <laughs> While I was happily fascinated by my thoughts. <laughs> you broke my concentration. <laughs> I was way far away in some drama and you burst my bubble with your sneezing. <laughs> strong reaction. Oh, strong reaction. Look at this. Self-righteousness. Redness in the face. Heart beating. Uh, you know? Whoa, what a chance. I'm recognizing there's, there's a, an object of med- rich object of meditation here. Whoa, wave of emotion. I don't know if it's land like this or it comes like this, you know, but it does its thing. What a luck, you know, to be here while it's happening. Wow, let me be here, you know. When uh, the mind reactive, no, the mind or whole system is, is having a strong reaction. Become aware of it. Yeah? So these are some of the what's. Um, it would be good if I touched a little bit on the how. Um, um, and now, you know, so I'm, I'm giving another twist to uh, the, 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 the framework that uh, Bonnie used yesterday. And um, 
so how we pay attention to these things, you know, um, I think it's good for us to review, you know, like, uh, you know, together to say, hey, what are we doing here? This is what we're doing. That's the kind of research or exploration we're doing. Um, so the how, maybe if I take emotions, because I was talking about this just now. So often when there's a strong emotion, uh, and see if it's true for yourself. Do, do not believe anything that is said here. Check it out. Do you recognize something in there? Or could this be, um, you know, matter for research? You know, so what I'm saying here, say, oh, I actually want to see if it's true or not. You know, uh, let, let me check it out. So often when we have a strong, afflictive emotion for us, shame, uh, impatience, resentment, uh, strong, uh, I'll, I'll put it in the afflictive emotion, you'll see if you would categorize it like this, strong desire for something else that is not here, that should be here, and will it be here? And, you know, if it was only here, you know, like, I don't know, it could be this retreat ending, you know, like if it could end, but, <laughs> but it's, it seems like it's never going to end, you know. So when there is an afflictive uh, emotion, often we'll either be caught in it, very natural that we would, very natural, it's strong, it's seductive, I don't know if it's the right word here, but uh, definitely, uh, yeah, it, and it's felt, it's not just like can some object lost over there, you know, like it's felt all over the place, you know, in the body and in the mind and it alters perceptions, you know, like in discouragement, this will never work. Wait 20 minutes, when the wave is gone, suddenly, oh yeah, we can work it out, you know. <laughs> you know, uh, you might have seen this here, it would be natural, you would have seen like a change of uh, moods or perceptions on things, you know. Um, and so when there's a wave of an affective emotion, we tend to actually be duped, fooled by it. It's true. It's reality. This is how it is. You know, it's never going to work out. And, uh, and, uh, or the other way we relate to these emotions is we don't want them. I don't want to feel shame. I don't want to feel whatever, you know, dot, 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 or fill the, the gap here. So we tend to... That's kind of two ways we tend to relate. Uh, uh, again, see if it's true for you. Don't, please don't believe me. Uh, so either push away, I don't want to feel this, or I'm taken for a ride, you know, like it appears as truth. And here, the how we attend to it is what we call the middle path between the two extremes rejecting or being totally caught in. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. But we gather, create the conditions to be able to explore this together and see, is it possible to recognize? Arr. Stay with me. I look weird, but it'll all come together. You know? Can we you know, recognize that's the middle path between being totally lost in of course we would be, or rejecting, of course we would not want this to be there, it's painful, it's you know, activating in all kinds of ways, and we're trying to recognize what is happening, name it maybe, allow it to be there for a moment, and be 
allow. <laughs> Making connections. <laughs> and uh, bring interest in, in the phenomena, micro-phenomenology. <laughs> micro or macro? Macro. When you have a stronger emotion, it's more macro. <laughs> you know, and oh, let me check the behavior of the mind that wants to escape the retreat center. <laughs> you know, how it's going to scheme or whatever it's going to do, you know. Oh, yeah, this is what's here. The desire to be somebody else, to feel something else, to not exist. I would so want to not be right now. So natural that we would be visited by these emotions. You know, when we have a sensitive system that is sensitive to all kinds of things, you know, being, we could present it like this, constantly impinged, you know, constantly touched by sounds and temperature and constantly touched by ideas and emotions and moods and constantly touched by gravity and all this, that, you know, that's not easy to be with this. You know, so of course it would be natural to want to not be or feel something else or not feel or, you know, all of these. Yet here we we don't impose anything saying like, no, I should be just fine with everything and flowing and, you know, we don't impose anything and we don't get taken for a ride either. We want to reign, recognize what's happening, allow it, bring interest to the phenomena actually happening. It's not easy. Just, just this first R to recognize what's happening, not easy. Then another challenge to allow something to be there, you know, and to turn uh, interest towards, bring into interest towards, and uh, maybe uh, the end for non-identification or nature recognize that's the view here recognize that it's nature it's human nature it happens in nature it's not so personal it's a phenomena of nature <gasps> discouragement so natural self-righteousness so natural and it could be ease joy calm uh, etc and so the how, uh, again, is to turn towards, become awake to. And this revolution, I find, to me, saved my life. I think I can say curiosity. Bringing curiosity to the phenomena present. When all my attention habitually or compulsively or seems to go towards what might be felt later if it continues. What do you see? The anticipation, speculation, uh, and returning interest, attention, and curiosity towards what is actually happening here now, becoming interested in that. That's not easy. Curious about, uh, becoming curious about something disagreeable. Not easy, not easy. 
And yet, here we have opportunities. Sometimes the entryway is to a phenomena that is not too uh, intensely uh, disagreeable. That's how we come in, you know. Oh, slight discomfort in the knee. Is it possible to allow this to be there, bring interest to it? Yeah. That is, to me, a big revolution. Instead of, like, immediately pushing away to say, hey, I don't know if it would appear like this in the mind, but maybe, like, hey, my teachers are suggesting that it's possible to become interested in things that are happening right now. You know, could I be interested in this dis-ease? Is that the way to say it? This, and if I'm uneasy, let's say group. You know, when we come in group, sometimes it's interesting in the first few minutes, we don't talk, we wait for the last people to arrive. It, you know, and we're going to share, we don't know each other. You know, it might be uncomfortable. I don't want to feel that. You know, I don't want to feel that. Or, you know, totally, like, why do they have a, you know, and becoming aware, like, oh, discomfort. Can I turn interest, curiosity? What is discomfort? Human beings feel that discomfort. Can this be felt? Can this be felt? In this how here, I'd say it's a revolution, because the way the Buddha talks about this, he says, when you bring your attention to something, Naturally, is that true? We have uh, a few days to check it out. If you give attention to something, naturally, interest will arise because you'll start seeing something. You know, if I'm like just superficial, at, ah, yeah, I know this, boring, you know, hold on, what is this? You know, what is this? I don't know. The experience of wind on the face, experience of coldness, what is this? Suddenly, there's a little factor of energy that comes in. It's called curiosity. It has energy in it. It's nourishing. So if we can turn that little nub on, you know, hey, Pascal, it's not what you wanted. Could you get interested in the fact that, you know, I, d- I don't know what. You know, it didn't turn out as you wanted just now. Oh, disappointed. What is disappointment? What does it feel like? In the body, oh, it's is it hollow or contracted or nothing? Oh. So curiosity, and I swear because I've seen it so many times and it's classic in the teaching that not far from that there is some joy, and this is amazing. And that might be not there yet today because we're still kind of arriving and finding it but it sure is not very far, where suddenly the mind really pays attention to something and it gets curious about this thing and suddenly there's a kind of a joy, like, oh, look at this, I see my mind, you know, wanting to do perfectly. Look at this, it wants to do the yoga job perfectly. It's really invested and doing this perfectly. You know? Before I was duped. I had to do it perfectly. I have to do it perfectly. I don't even know that it's my frame of mind, you know? But suddenly with mindfulness, like, oh, that's interesting. You know? And suddenly it becomes becomes juicy. 
in the when we meet in groups, I see this all the time. People report things like this. Hey, I saw my own mind and this is smile, you know. I saw my own mind, how it creates trouble for itself. Wow, that's surprising. And this energy that is there. When we were caught in, you know, it just seemed like reality, you know. And suddenly when we become aware of, there's a waking up, this energy in this. Oh, I want to see this. How... You know, I don't know, it could be arrogance, you know. <laughs> I'm walking so slowly right now. <laughs> I hope people are noticing. <laughs> you know, I'm so it right now. <laughs> you know, and we could be caught in this, you know. And at some point, just become aware of, you know, like, oh, that's an interesting positioning, <laughs> you know? Oh, look at that. Look at that. It's an, suddenly it becomes a phenomena. It's not like I'm freed a bit from this view, limiting view. You know, I, it's very lonely at the top, <laughs> you know? But suddenly, that's the dharma, that's the practice. We wake up, oh, look at this, you know? Or choose, you know, your conditioning. For some of us, it's... Uh, It'll be like, I'm less than, I'm never going to succeed, you know. And then we become interested in Mara, you know, the representation of afflictive emotion. How is Mara going to trick me? Like, bring me down, you know. I want to see where the next disqualifying thought is going to arise from what situation, you know, is going to arise. I remember uh, here on a retreat, uh, I was in line for food and uh, reaching the spoons, soup, reaching the spoons, there was just the handles of the spoons. So I grab a spoon to, to eat my soup and, and what comes out is a serving spoon. It's a huge spoon. <laughs> and because just before I was really attentive, the best of my ability. It's always, you know, pretty uneven, you know. I had the chance to sit and hear the report of senior teachers. It's uneven for them, too. (laughs) (laughs) Don't record this. (laughs) An uneven practice, dedicated uneven practice, is good enough. Um, And so... I was unevenly being mindful going through the food line, you know. But still, there was this intention, oh yeah, serving, standing, then commenting, getting lost, waking up again, oh, lettuce, you know, <laughs> etc. And at some point, so I, I grabbed the, the spoon for the soup, and, uh, and it's a big serving spoon. And right away, a dormant tendency of the mind looking, always dormant, but more maybe on the outlook for an opportunity to arise, lashed on this opportunity. And suddenly there was like, you greedy bastards. (laughs) You know? Like, you want a big spoon to get, you know, like, like kind of like, you're greedy and everybody knows it now. And suddenly shame. Like, I'm you know, shame, like I shouldn't exist, how dare you exist, you human error, you know. 
sin, you know, like all this suddenly, like just like shame washing through, you know, wanting to disappear, heat, uh, you know, feeling caught, uh, all this. And because of mindfulness, noticing like, hey, I didn't choose this spoon, you know, like (laughs) it chose me. (laughs) You know, but and suddenly I saw a pattern revealed, you know, like, oh, my God, this is shameless. It will lash on any opportunity to, you know, to make itself, you know, to present, to, to alter perceptions, you know, and disqualify, you know. And it was so, and, and suddenly energy kicked in. Oh, my God. Instead of being duped, fooled by it, suddenly it was seen. Wow. Because what? Because of prior moments of attention. It would not have been seen if there hadn't been two days of boredom. (laughs) Nicely attended to. (laughs) Without giving up, you know. Or not too much giving up, you know. And suddenly it was seen so clearly. And then there was energy like, oh my God, I can't wait to see this again. Because it's going to come again. But now I've seen through the magic trick, you know. It's not going to get the best of me, you know. I want, to, I want to see it arise. It's not like I don't want to see it anymore. Or it's true. It's the middle path. Come, come back. Next time you come, I actually want to see again how you, you know, behave, how you make your trick happen, you know. I'll give you just another one. One time, that's bad news but it might be useful in some ways. I was uh, going to go out the front window to walk, at the front door to walk. (laughs) Mindless, as often. (laughs) Now I was going to go through the front door to walk outside. And is there still like a panel of a window on the side? You know, like the big houses have that sometimes. And so as I was going to opened the door like this, just through the window on the side panel, I saw that somebody was coming in. And, uh, and what came was, uh, what I did was I opened the door just before they did, so they got surprised, you know? And so they, they were a little startled, and then I gently, generously opened the door for them. But that moment was a moment of cruelty. It's, it was an intention to surprise somebody, to destabilize somebody that kicked in the mind, you know, like, and then a kind of playing generous. But the real intention was to surprise the person on the other side of the door. And, and there was a cognitive dissonance, because I'm a really nice person. <laughs> no, no, I swear, I'm really nice. I'm, I'm a nice guy, you know, this is who I am, I'm s- sweet, like really sweet, you know. But mindfulness revealed something that was hidden, you know, that this mind was capable of this, this small version, you know. But it was, it was bad news, but it was good news. I prefer being aware of this than not aware of this, you know, cruising on my view of uh, what is this person led by all the time, generosity, kindness, etc., you know. Suddenly there was, oh my God, cruelty is the pleasure of disturbing somebody in an acceptable way, debatable. 
But, uh, and when I saw that, I thought, oh my God, I really need to tune in. I really need to tune in because this happens in all kinds of ways, you know. And it's a responsible thing to do, to be conscious of what arises. Not the extreme of guilt, of doing a self-ego trip on you're a bad person and being identified. Do you follow me? It would be so easy to not have the right view, the view of like, uh, uh, you know, identifying, making it personal. You know, it's about me, I'm a bad person. And another extreme is irresponsibility, not knowing what is going on in this system, you know, what this system is contributing here and there, you know. And the middle path here of acknowledging, recognizing, acknowledging, becoming interested in a phenomena in order to be really touched, that's vipassana, insight, being shaken by reality. You know, like, oh my God, this is what's done, that's the impact of this, and the possibility of choice, of reorienting, you know, I want to be awake, so this is not done automatically. Uh, it doesn't happen in this mind when the conditions are, are possible for this to arise, but that there's a possibility to actually do something else. I hope you can forgive me. I'm, I'm, I truly mean this when I, I say this. Um, a view I have on this is, uh, yeah, that this happens in human beings. If they were more aware of this, it would be easier for us to live together so I can do my part in owning what happens in this system. Uh, and to me, doing what we do here uh, is the best way that I know to actually become a, you know, a, a citizen uh, that uh, you know, it, it contributes to what's happening instead of uh, you know, find pleasure, maybe unknowingly, in places where pleasure is cheap and harmful, you know. Um, so I'm still trying to talk about how to attend to things, you know. So uh, with a stable mind, and here we're building the capacity to be stable, to, to be stable enough to have cognitive dissonance, for patterns of our minds to be revealed, how they behave, you know. And it might not be your patterns, but I'm sure you have some because you're here, you know. So there's, there's some ways your mind behaves that is not helpful for yourself or others. And so here, you know, uh, we come not to have a good retreat in terms of like gliding, you know. We come for things to be revealed, um, in a way where we can not be caught and not uh, just push away, but uh, learn how to, um, to be with, how to not feed something or how to appreciate and feed something.
trying to see it while there's no time. I think that's uh, that's going to have to be it for today. Um, yeah, let's uh, have the law of conditionality and impermanence reveal itself. This is the time that is uh, given for this uh, sharing. And uh, let's sit for a moment and see uh, what's alive in you. Um, Not creating anything, not producing anything, but allowing what is there to be known in the world of the body. Could be through just posture or breathing or hearing. Maybe just uh, becoming aware of the state of mind of the person sitting here. Not pushing away, not producing anything else. Just, oh, it's like this right now. Neutral, maybe charged, maybe lovely, maybe uncomfortable. Noticing what is here could be not much or a lot. We all be able to recognize what is here and be able to accompany this in a way that is uh, not entangling but liberating for us and in a way that is uh, going to bring protection to others. May we all... uh, experience uh, freedom and protection. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.